From the edges of our universe to the deepest places in our souls, Ryan O'Neill of Sleeping at Last musically and lyrically takes the hard-to-process human experience and gives it new eyes and new ears through his work and his art. If there's one theme that doesn't change through all of his work, it's that those of us that are fortunate enough to cross paths with it never leave that experience the same as we found it. Ryan joins us today at Let the Music Play podcast as we discuss work, art, process, and creativity. I'm Ashton Gustafsson, and this is Let the Music Play. Like I feel like my my career in music, especially in the last few years, is is so much about output. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. writing and recording all the time, and that is that is so fun, and I love that process. But I have to constantly remind myself to put input as well. You know, to make time for input, whether that's watching movies, reading, um, just researching something. Uh, so I just even just um, not writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey guys, Ashton Gustafsson here, and welcome to another episode of Let the Music Play. I am, uh, man, I'm humbled, I'm honored, I'm super stoked today to have Ryan O'Neill from Sleeping at Last. When we get done with this interview, I really hope that you guys come to get to know uh, the the man behind this whole uh, beautiful work of art that is Sleeping at Last. The music, the lyrics, everything this guy does. Uh, is just unbelievable, and it's a joy to introduce him to the listeners of Let the Music Play. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Seriously, what an honor it is to to get to talk. Well, dude, um, I think the first place I ever interacted with you and your work was a Bob Goff conference uh, in Austin a couple years ago. Uh, and my wife and I were there, and I don't really recall what the first song you played was, but I was like, this dude is on a different plane. Uh, wow, thank you. Thank the, you so much. Seriously, that is seriously so kind. So um, we are, I'm a huge fan, love your work. Um, and you and I you know, had an experience a couple months ago. We got to go on a retreat, and it was good to just spend some time with you. Um, but I really wanted to introduce our listeners to you, your work, how you work, what you do, uh, creativity, and all, that, all those types of things. Um, before we get going, tell us, a little bit about Sleeping at Last. You have like a kind of an intro to who you are and what you do and maybe where did the name Sleeping at Last come from? Yeah, absolutely. So Sleeping at Last, though, it sounds like a band, um, a band name, but it, it's actually just me. <laughs> and so um, it actually originally started uh, quite a while ago when I was much younger than I am now. Um, it started as a band with my brother and my, my best friend, Dan. And, um, uh, you know, it's always been this kind of like this project that's my personal journal. So when, mm. when those guys kind of early on went, went in different directions. I, I kept the name and, and kept it going and, and just decided to sleeping at last is the name of my journal. And you've called it your audio journal is, is a lot of this work before. Yeah, exactly. It totally is. So I, it, which is quite literally the cheesiest possible uh, thing I've ever said, but <laughs> hey, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It, that's so true. Um, but the name sleeping at last was actually came from a poem by Christina Rossetti. When I was um, really, really young, I think I was probably 16 or 17 years old. So this name has been with me for for a long time. Um, I went into a bookstore with a friend and knew that like the name of my music had to have some sort of, I I needed to come up with something. Um, And I, I jokingly 
said that, you know, this next, whatever page I flip to of this poetry book is going to be that whatever title or whatever, whatever I see first is going to be the name of the, of the band. And Sleeping at Last was, uh, showed up on the next page and, um, I, I totally loved it. And I you took a it, few, took a few days later and I was like, yeah, that's, that feels right. Cause I've always had a, I've always had a, um, an interest in, in gentler music yeah. and a little bit more intimate. And, um, so it's funny over the last, uh, over a decade it's it this the name has made more and more sense with my with my genre of music wow Wow. and and you are you when you say you are the band you are when people listen to your music and this stuff is magical you're 90 percent of it is that right that's right yeah so everything that you hear is is essentially me unless uh, unless I have a friend or a guest uh come on and and you know a lot of the times the strings on my music will be um with with people that I love working with but it's all it's all me and I I'm I'm kind of an introvert and a little bit of a a solitary person in (laughs) some ways so um that's sort of it comes through in the in the recording process too it's just me in my studio and um, I, I kind of treat the studio as like a, a writing partner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm right there with you. Um, we are introvert brothers. Um, That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so I take, so you don't tour. I mean, when you are the band, how's that work? I mean, do you ever hit the road? Yeah. So I, I, I have toured quite a bit. Um, the, these last few years I decided to focus more on writing and recording, which is, you know, definitely the thing that I love most. I love performing. It's so much fun. Um, but there's so many variables involved that yeah. with you know with sound and that kind of stuff and yeah. I definitely as an introvert um, love uh, the idea of being in a studio and nobody gets to hear it until I feel like they should yeah <laughs> wow. know, until I feel like I can let go of it um, with a show with a with a tour you know you, you, your best and worst is on display all mm-hmm. the time so I I have loved touring so I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like I don't but um. But I have not toured quite as bit in these last couple of years. But when I do go out, I have a I have like a a list of friends that I just love working with, and they mm-hmm. they kind of make up my band on the road. Um, and so I have toured quite a bit. But um, recently, I started doing I guess not so recently, but in the in the past few years, I started recording more series of music rather than uh, albums. Yeah. So that that keeps me busy all the time in the studio, um, and that's kind of the the reason that touring has been uh, more intermittent. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that here in a minute. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to spoil that yet. Um, <laughs> so who, who've been some of the artists, um, both the ones that sparked your interest to in music and then the ones that are keeping you curious today, who've been some of those bands, musicians that, um, have played a role in your musicianship? Yeah, for sure. So I, I would say the earliest, um, the earliest band that I, I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, I didn't know music could do this would be Radiohead. Yeah. And I think I, I, I got The Benz or OK Computer. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. in, in different levels, both of those records when they came out were, were totally blew my mind. And, yeah. and I I just remember thinking like, I think at that point I, I just started playing guitar and I just remember thinking like this music is so much more than just like a cool thing to do, you know, like it, it can really move you or you can, you can, it's, it's art. And so that was, that was a huge inspiration early on and still is. Um, and then right after that, a band called sunny day real estate, which who kind of taught me, I don't know if you're familiar with them, okay, but I'm not. They, uh, they, they, the, the singer, Jeremy Enoch, he has a, a voice that's in a little bit of a higher range. And that sort of, um, was really inspiring to me too. Cause that just sort of fit my, my, my voice anyway. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of gave me the, the confidence that, you know, 
that I could like music that has a higher up male vocal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a huge influence, and also they wrote very like emotional music, and that right. was a that was another thing that I had always gravitated towards, and so it was encouraging. Then I would say Nick Drake was another yeah. um, huge influence in terms of like just the intimacy of the songs and um that definitely leaned me more into appreciating more acoustic type of instrumentation and um but yeah so now i would say i listen to a lot of film scores that's always mm. um that's probably the most the most music that i listen to now um although i don't listen to a ton because of always working on music yeah <laughs> um and then I love Joanna Newsom. I think she's incredible. Yeah. She's always, I feel like every, everything she puts out is, makes me think about, you know, something differently. And I, I, I love that. So, and it, there's like, there's, there's also some staples over the last, you know, pretty much all of my life that I've appreciated in different capacities, but Billie Holiday, Nat King Cole, yeah. um, some of the older vocal jazz stuff like that has been a, a huge inspiration that music can be this, uh, just again, like this really, this really mean, meaningful and um, and just special art form. With golden streams, our universe was clothed in light. Pulling at the seams, I once. In all this, one of the one of my favorite things I love to ask guys like yourself um, that are highly creative and are constantly putting their work into the world. Um, do you have like established, consistent practices or processes that you have um, for all of this work that you're doing? Because you you scored a movie, didn't you, in the last twelve months? Yeah, I um, did. I scored a, mini, uh, a, a documentary called Many Beautiful Things. Yeah. That was my first, that was my first like feature length score. I've done some short films and things like that, but that was my first, uh, like brand new to the scoring experience of, uh, of that length. And wow. <laughs> wow. So, so you got that going, you've got all, all other, you know, projects of themes and things that you're writing and pointing towards. How do you, do you have anything established practices, processes that, um, kind of keep you you know, consistently in that rhythm each and every day of producing. 
Yeah, absolutely. I try to stick to uh, a few practices that that has seeming seemingly have helped the you know helped the music along a little bit. But it is this, uh, and I've I've said this quote a bunch, and I believe I I pulled it from the Songwriters on Songwriting book um, by Paul Zolo. I can't remember who he interviewed that said this, but it's stuck with me forever. But songwriting is so much like. Uh, Waiting for a bus, you know, you, you, all you can do, you can't control when the bus is going to come, but you can, you can make sure that you're at the bus stop waiting for it. So, um, my version of that looks like, uh, recording all the time. So I not only actually recording to, you know, to commit to music, but also recording ideas and thoughts and, and little, if I sit down at the piano, I'm always, always pressing record. If there's a chord that just makes sense that day, you know, Mm -hmm. if there's a little tiny series of notes that just all of a sudden click in some way. So I, I, I keep these recordings and I do the same with words where if it's a thought or a word or anything that, um, that kind of crosses my mind, I have these, these apps for, for both of those types of recordings that, that that's sort of where it all starts. So the practice of just collecting all the time, yeah. So it's co- been a huge, huge help for me. And so you collect, and then, but you've got to show up. Yeah, you got to show <laughs> up, and, that, and that's that's one of the big uh, keep keep your butt in the chair is kind right. of the, <laughs> the the name of the game for this for me. Um, and almost embracing that like that writer's block is going to be a part of the writing process. Like yeah. it just, it, it's as much of the the writing as writing itself, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was, I always joke that like pretty much my not writing and complaining about it or being frustrated or stuck on something that that's always, you know, that's more a part of the song than actually like that takes up more of my time than, uh, mm. than the actual, like putting pen to paper. Well, well, <laughs> um, but yeah, so collecting all the time um, and just making sure that I'm always in that frame of mind um, as often as I can. So I have this app called Day One, yeah. um, and it's a journaling app that um, that I use for for lyric writing. And so every day, I, I'm, I I would like to say every day, but I try every day to sit down and just dedicate, you know, twenty minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, to to put something in that. Um, in that app, just some, whether it's a word or a thought or uh, if some, you know, it's usually not as developed as a full lyric idea or even a line. It's more just a free writing. So I do that. And then I also do the same for, I use the the recording app on my phone um, that I sit down at the piano or the guitar yeah. and um, we'll just kind of mess around. That's that time I, f- I feel like is the most, um, it's the most important of the whole the whole creative process for me because I feel like it brings me back to when I was, you know, 15 years old and in, in, in my bedroom, like trying to figure out something uh, new on the guitar for the first time. Like there was like a yeah. there's a patience that I had back then that I, you know, have to make sure I, I, I carve enough time to to continue on now. So. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, so like, it's this process. element of like li- living, giving yourself the opportunity to discover yeah, exactly. It's so much about, um, like, I feel like my, my career in music, especially in the last few years is, is so much about output. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. writing and recording all the time mm-hmm. and that is, that is so fun and I love that process, but I have to constantly remind myself to put input as well, you know, to make time for input, whether that's watching movies, reading, um, just researching something. Uh, so I just, even just, um, not writing mm-hmm. is, is a, it fills you back up. So, 
I try to always keep keep the input output balances in check. Yeah, well, I can't imagine with the output that you have uh, <laughs> when you're fitting in time for the input. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is getting more and more challenging with uh, with <laughs> between between being a, a new dad, relatively new dad. I have a, yeah. a one and a half year old daughter, um, and just making sure that I'm I'm showing up for all the areas of of my life that that are important to me. But yeah, I do I do I do write a lot of music, so. Um, it's sometimes it, it requires me to stop putting deadlines and stuff and, and just put free time to, to be inspired again. Yeah. So would you say, um, what most often, and, and I think it changes as our journey and the human experience changes, but what speaks to you? I mean, I know for me, my two girls, um, are, they're just teaching me each and every day as a poet and songwriter. Um, I know when you wrote Sight, uh, that had to have been um, brought on a little bit uh, yeah. fr- fr- from your daughter. What, is it nature? Um, what yeah, is, I like, mean, what speaks to you a lot? It's all of the above, man. So yeah, my, my daughter, for sure, like you said, is it's like, it's a day to day, it's every day there's something. And if, if, I, if I could and wouldn't, you know bore everybody on earth to death pretty much every song of mine would be a love song to her <laughs> mm. um but i do i and and there are several of them in my uh in my catalog um <laughs> even before she was born it's kind of crazy i feel like i've i've <laughs> she she will grow up with quite a catalog yeah. of music yeah. dedicated yeah. to her um but you're right. Nature is a huge deal for me, um, whether that's being present in it or learning more about it. Um, yeah. I, I love these nature documentaries by David Attenborough. So yeah. I, I do that. That's sort of like a, it feels like church to me. Yeah. So um, yes. that just always, always <laughs> fills me up. Just understanding more about the intricacies of, of all things. Like it's, it blows my mind. And, and the last, the last few years too, I've just been super inspired by all things space. (laughs) So I I feel like I spend a good chunk of every day reading up on new, new uh, NASA news and SpaceX. And um, so I get excited about that stuff, but most of it's, most of it's when you least expect it. You know, I I feel like when I'm, when I'm really, uh, when I really try to aim to be inspired, that's, that's kind of the trick about the Mm -hmm. input is that you, you know, you need it. And then as soon as you try to have it, you, it's, you're basically, you know, completely numb to anything that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Too too aware. So I, I try to, um, I try to make time for it and then see what happens and not get too disappointed if I, you know, don't find the inspiration, but, um, a spark always, always comes out like at the, at the, you know, most unexpected places and whether it's like something a stranger said, or, you know, there's little, little tiny things that trigger everything. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. We just got to be aware. Yeah. And I, I do feel like lyrically too, and this is such an obvious thing that I wish I could go back and tell myself way earlier on, but whenever I make a practice of reading often, mm-hmm. I, I, I can just tell that my vocabulary and my, um, just the, the, process of writing lyrics just comes out so much smoother. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't, it just eliminates some of the struggle to grab onto some of the words I'm looking for. That makes so much sense. And yeah, and which is dumb that I am just realizing this now, you know, but <laughs> hey, the older we get, the go. wiser we become. Yeah. Right. I <laughs> uh, love it. So, um, I want to talk about Atlas because, um, I, I'm going to feel bad if I try to describe what's going on here because I haven't found language for it yet, especially like I'm the, I'm the outer space universe. That's me too. So when, 
So when a guy comes up and he writes a song for everyone on the planets, I'm like, time out. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is dialed in. Um, so for, for someone that doesn't know what I'm riffing on right here, tell us a little bit about At- the Atlas Project. And like, this is a three, five, I mean, how, how many years is this whole thing going to go? So right now I have about three years mapped out. Um, and uh, when I say a year, they do take a little longer than that. I call them Atlas Year One, Year Two, Year Three. And so Atlas Year One came out a couple years ago, and um, I'm currently in the middle of working on Atlas Year Two. And then um, obviously Atlas Year Three will follow. So essentially it's a, it's a series of music. So rather than an album, um, I'm committing to... Well, you probably actually would explain it better than me, but I'm going to try anyway. <laughs> well, let's um, just let's just say it's a it you are you are wrapping your hands around musically and lyrically the origins of the universe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's easy enough to understand, right? Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's basically it's it, it's a concept album, but it's a, a series of music rather than an album. So I each year, each before before every Atlas year, I commit to um, the the themes that I kind of have mapped out in my head and. Throughout the whole project, basically, it tells the story, like you said, of the origins of the universe. So the very first EP was called Darkness, and it was just a few songs of my interpretation of what darkness means. But mm-hmm. as a whole, and you know, if you, if you think of it in the Atlas uh, project, uh, it's, it's, it's more about like the unknown, like what, mm-hmm. what happened before everything happened, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then Light is sort of when everything happened. So that's the next EP. And then I, it's almost like bringing a camera closer and closer to us. So the next um, round of songs was Space 1 and 2, which was a song for each of the planets in our solar system. Mm. And then uh, you get a little closer to us, and then you get to Land, which is North, South, East, and West, um, a song for each of the, the directions. And it sort of is uh, these songs about um, just our home, our home our home base. And then the oceans. So it's kind of in the in the order of um, how things developed. And then so that's, that's Atlas Year One. Um, and then Atlas Year Two is actually – so – Atlas Year Two is life, and it's all about the involuntary parts of it. So we're born uh, with with gender. We're born with our five senses, and we're born with um, our our kind of our personality and leanings, which are mm-hmm. which uh, for me are enneagram yep. um, personality types. And so it's all the kind of the involuntary stuff. Whereas Atlas Year Three will ba- will be what we do with all of those pieces. So it will be the voluntary human development. So creating, um, dreaming, building. So it's all of that kind of stuff. Love. Um, and so, yeah, so it, but I always, I always joke that like, I, I get really into making it as complex as possible and having it be this large concept project, but you, none of it matters other than I have new music coming out pretty yeah. frequently, almost all the time. There was 30 songs were the first year of Atlas. And then the second year is going to have 25 songs. And then um, I haven't announced the next year, but it'll be it'll be very close to that um, length as well. So it's a lot of music um, that has this theme of uh, just the origins of of everything. Infinity times infinity. Infinity times infinity times infinity. Infinity times infinity. Yeah. 
I don't have language for it, dude. Like it is, Man, it I is don't so either. dialed in. But <laughs> oh, it, thank it, you. It's, I mean, I'm talking like it is cosmic beauty at it and and maybe I think one of the one of your greatest giftings that you bring to light, I think, in your writing is um you you will write a sentence that we have never known that we've all thought our entire lives because wow. we, we just didn't know how to say it. And you, That's so kind. And you Thank say you. it. So like, like in sight, when I came home from our weekend and you had, you'd played sight for us, I gave it, I let my wife listen to it. And she was like, what just happened? And I was like, that's what I'm telling you. I was like, this is, this is crazy. So for those of, for those of our listeners, um, you know, you're going to get on Spotify and you're going to spin this stuff and it's going to absolutely blow your mind. Um, that is so kind, man. Thank you. Well, it's true. So let me ask you this. When you start a year and you line it out and you go, okay, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to put out a volume of work that's going to be about this, <laughs> you, you, you speak it before you grab the guitar, sit down at the keys. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So it's almost like, um, I, it's kind of like a, a thread of theme, you know, mm. going through the whole thing. So mm. I, I, I can, I can, as I'm writing, it's, it's fun rather than starting with a completely blank mm-hmm. page. Like I, I get to have these little, this, this thread to kind of connect things to mm. as I go on. So yeah. So I announced, I announced Atlas year one well before even the first song was written. And I just knew thematically what I wanted to do with the project. And, and also, so on a more practical level, um, I offer these as subscriptions, so um, they come out. Uh, so for the Atlas Year One, it came out as individual EPs as soon as they were released, um, and then as subscribers, you get them early. But they they all come out in iTunes and Spotify and all that. And then Atlas Year Two is actually a little bit different, so it's coming out in singles. So every time I finish one song, um, it goes out to the subscribers as well as to Spotify and iTunes. Um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's, and as a, just in the creative process, even though I am a little bit of an introvert, it is so incredibly satisfying to be able to finish something and know that I get to share it right away. You know, like I feel like part of, part of making a record or even an EP is, you you, you kind of tuck the songs away for a little while until you get like a big campaign around promoting it and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like something, something in that process ends up removing a little bit of the, the writer's like excitement about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like it's, things fade a little bit in the background. And, um, so this is just so fun to be able to like, as soon as I finish, you know, it, it, it gives more reward at the end of every, you know, uh, as soon as I send a song to mixing or any of that kind of stuff, I'm like, it's so much closer. It's going to, it's going to come out and people get to hear it. So that keeps things really, really fun for me. And something just clicked with me in, in you sharing that is, uh, when you when you speak kind of like where this year is going you you kind of define your work so like you you know what needs to be done but you all there's also a beautiful amount of uncertainty as to what the work's going to actually end up being um, exactly which but, is but at <laughs> least you know it's there it's like hey i'm about to write five songs on the five senses we got to get after this. So I need to be taking yeah. notes and I need to be aware. I need to be plugged in. It, it totally plugs you into the moment, to the now, rather yep. than pulling us back into the past, shooting us into an unknown future. It makes you be fully present here and go, okay, I'm going to write this song on site. And you get lost in your daughter's eyes. And an hour later, you're on the keys and the song's written. Exactly. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I'm like, man, if I, man, I, would, I would pay a lot of money for it to be... <laughs> 
<laughs> for the writing part to go that way. Just an hour. Oh man, if I could write a song in an hour, I would be I would be high fiving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, but no, it is it is so true. Like I, it almost. Um, it's a risk in a, in a, in a way, um, just because, you know, obviously I take, I take people's, um, I, I ask people to subscribe to something that doesn't exist, yeah. but at the same time that, that just motivates me so much more. I almost feel like when left to my own devices, like I, I just, I, I, I end up going, you know, in circles. And so this gives me a really clear, like, okay, I know I have to write songs about these things. And I already kind of, I've already kind of thought through, even though none of the songs are written, I kind of think through like a general sketch of what mm-hmm. what a song about sight might look like mm-hmm. or what is or sound like or what a what what daughter the song daughter will sound like what will represent like you know that end of it so i and then all that stuff just fully just inspires me so it, rather than starting with like hey you can write any song in the world right now go do it um i feel like that i just stare at that for a long that's time <laughs> man that's beautiful so, somehow i'm going to take that with me to put put into the the days that are coming ahead give them yeah, a, give them a theme give them something to grab onto beautiful um okay let's talk about saturn because the video was just released and yeah. uh i once again i'm out of i'm out of language so i don't know how we describe what happened in that thing but um, <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> who so who'd you collaborate with um to to put that music video together so it was directed by tom shea and he's um He's a, a new friend of mine. Uh, yeah, actually, about I think it was maybe six months ago, uh, I saw on Twitter somebody posted a little tiny clip that was um, from his Vine. He did a Vine video of these. Uh, it, it was using one of my songs for you know the six second Vine video, mm. and um, and it was just a reverse uh, sparkler essentially, and sim- similar to what you see in the Saturn video. And I just was I was blown away by it. And so I. I I direct messaged him and I just said, Hey, I don't know if you've ever, I, I, I haven't seen any, any more of your work other than your vine. He, he has a pretty, um, developed like vine page. Like he's done a lot of work and there, he's kind of used that art form in a really cool way. Gotcha. Um, so other than that, I, I've, I've never seen any long form or even, you know, music video form or any of that kind of stuff from him. I just thought it was so beautiful and just out of the blue asked him if, uh, if he's ever interested in making a music video to let me know. And, and so he, he got started right away and I just, I kind of explained a couple of the things that I was thinking and he came up, you know, it was just an awesome collaboration and he came up with some ideas of, you know, what if it was kind of mixing both the, you know, the spark, these beautiful sparks, but also the, the stars in the sky. And, and it just, it all came together beautifully. And what was kind of cool about it was, um, he was like, well, what song do you want to do it for? And I'm like, I don't know. So just make the video and then we'll pick the song later. So, <laughs> oh wow and so he did, he made, he shot, um, a bunch of footage, sent me some stuff. And I said, you know, this is the direction I want to go. And I think that because of what it looks like, I feel like this belongs to Saturn. And so then, mm. then we started editing it down to, uh, to that song specifically. And so it was really cool. It was like a music video in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, there's a lot of reverse footage in it. So it fits the, it fits the vibe of the whole thing. So. Well, man, but you guys he was had great. Incredible synergy on that project. Oh, thanks, man. And then the the cello and strings that you hear in that is from uh, Sharon Gerber, who's um, one of my one of my favorite collaborators ever. She is if if you've heard cello in in any of my music, that's more than likely her, and she's gotcha. just wonderful, wow. wonderful, wonderful, wow. talented. Man, yeah, we're we're gonna have to we'll we'll get the video embedded into the show notes so people can check oh, cool. it out. Um, so. 
and you may not have an answer for this, but uh, and the answer may change some, and it may change from song to song and project to project. But would you have like a a goal, or when, when someone leaves the experience of your music, you know, what is it that you want him or her to leave with? Do you have? Can Absolutely. you can, can you even answer that? Yeah, totally. No, it's a great question. Um, I, and I've actually sort of figured it out more in the in the most recent years because mm. uh, I I've actually tried to answer that earlier, and I never I never knew exactly. You know, I other than I don't want people to. I guess I want people people to feel understood, and that's a mm. huge thing. But I I think I've realized more recently that I want I want the songs to be able to be a vehicle for hope in some in yeah. some capacity. Yeah. So even and it, it is kind of funny because no matter how depressing a song I write is like, there's always a string of hope that comes through. Even if I, most of the time I didn't even intend for it to be there. It just, I, I think I'm incapable of writing something without, yeah. <laughs> without a little glimmer of hope in there. Um, so that's, that's definitely what I, I, for lack of a better word, hope people will <laughs> find it. in the music. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's there. I can tell you that. Oh, thanks man. Um, <clears throat> Lately, have you read or come across anything, uh, be it books, ideas, um, that have really shifted your thinking a bit? Because um, I know you, you read and you study, and hey, you can go universe on this, you can go Enneagram, you can answer it any way you want to. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it, oddly enough, I mean, the retreat that you and I went on, um, Father Richard Rohr was, uh, was teaching us about uh, Enneagram and Spiral Dynamics. and um, so <laughs> Spiral I'm, Dynamics, by the way. Man. Uh, just Google it. That'll take you for a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've made the mistake of trying to explain it to a few friends when I clearly have no like place in trying to articulate it because it is <laughs> like, though I was totally inspired and felt like I learned a lot, I, I definitely am not um, the one that should be explaining it to anybody. Right. When you start <laughs> with like, five magic markers, and a blank yeah. sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right, everybody, look here. <laughs> and then it usually ends with being like, wait, I think I got that wrong. <laughs> right, right. Um, so that that those conversations that we all got to share in for for that retreat was, I'm still, I think I'll be I'll be inspired by that for the next, uh, I don't know, hopefully forever. But mm-hmm. it, so Father Richard Rohr's teachings, as well as his writing, and there's there's been some interviews that I've looked up of his too that have been really really inspiring. So I would say, I would say that's definitely. Um, uh, right now really inspiring me, especially because um, in my Atlas year two that I'm currently working on, uh, I just finished up the the five senses and I just began the um, the four basic human emotions. Wow. And then um, following that will be um, actually the Enneagram. So I'm going to write a song for each of the Enneagram types, um, which so I, I'm I'm like, you know, chomping at the bit to get to those songs because I, I feel like the the things that we learn from from uh, from that time together talking about Enneagram, I'm I'm just really excited to see where that where you know what comes through in, in the songs. Yeah. So I would say that um, I I'm always watching movies. Sorry, my dog is, is hey, no also worries. contributing some answers <laughs> to this question. <laughs> he's uh, he would actually say that he is inspired by thunder because that's what's going on right now that's right there you go Love it. <laughs> he, find, he finds a lot of a lot of inspiration in the storms um but yeah so i that's that's probably the 
the single, um, I, there's a few books that I've read recently. Mike McCarg has, uh, he goes by science Mike. He has a book coming out, um, later this year that I just got to read and it's, it's beautiful. And that was super inspiring. Another friend of mine, Mike Foster has a book coming out, um, called people of the second chance later this year too, which is also totally like these things are, are filling my head with, um, with these, with just so much to process. And, wow. um, and another, another person that I, I would say that is a constant source of inspiration, whether it's getting to spend time with him or reading his book or, um, just even stories about him. Bob Goff is, yeah. I just feel like he, uh, he, he's one of those rare people that, um, I feel like is really just, just choosing to live a beautiful life, you know? Yep. It's yep. cold in string. Our universe was brought to Every time we open up our eyes. Man, well, I uh, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Um, oh, are you kidding me? It's I so know, much fun. I know you're busy. We're going to, uh, let's make a deal. Af- after uh, the Enneagrams come out, we need to get another conversation on the books. Oh, I would love that. I would totally, totally. Because I want to hear how you dove into those. Absolutely. And I, I'm going to, I think my, at least my approach is going to be to inter- interview people that I feel like are like the archetypal personality types of that, you know, very cool, whether it's one through nine or whatever. Yeah. So it'll be really fun to kind of like imagine a song through their perspective. And I'm a nine and uh, yeah. I can't remember, Eshner, what, what, what is your number? They tell me I'm a three. How are you feeling about uh, that? I don't know. I thought I was a five. And then Hewitt's was like, you're not a five. And so <laughs> I don't know. I'm leaning, I'm leaning into the peacemaker and the three a little bit. So yeah, totally. Well, I'm, I married a three, so I'm, I'm a fan. Yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, they, they, they say the three always denies that they're a three. So really? Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, you're too busy achieving stuff, man. That's I, good. I don't know. I don't know. Getting stuff done. Um, I'd say a guy that puts out Atlas one, two, and three and three years is a, is a three so um but uh so if people want to look you up follow what you're doing uh what's the best way to to support you and your work uh to share your stuff uh website social media where should we go yeah man thank you so much um so sleeping is my website and that has links to everywhere else but um my you know at sleeping at last on twitter uh facebook.com slash sleeping at last and then um yeah, my music is pretty much anywhere digital music is. So, um, and it's all I I have a I have a kind of a mentality that any anywhere that people choose to consume music is a gift. So, hmm. I'm a, I I try to make my my songs available anywhere anywhere people have them. So, wow, you can hopefully find them on any any format uh, of. Wow, well, dude, from bottom of my heart, and so many of us. Um, thank you. Thank you for your good and necessary and incredible work you're putting into the universe. It's shifting us. I think the big, if I could give you a compliment, it would be that, that we leave your work enlarged. Um, wow, man, that's, that's yeah. seriously, that's beautiful. And I, I can't even articulate how much that means to me. Well, you got it. Well, we'll, uh, we'll stay in touch and thanks again for joining us. So much fun to talk. Thanks so much. Okay, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk soon. Hey guys, before we go, I wanted to share with you Ryan's song. 
Sight. It was um, one of the songs that he released in the Five Senses part of Atlas II this year. Um, this is a song he wrote um, for and with and, and through the birth of his new daughter. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to his blog entry on this because it was beautiful. He, he literally wrote this song so he could play one uh, chord on one hand and hold her in another hand. Um, for me and my wife... This song has massively enlarged us, uh, massively shifted our thinking this year. Um, and whether you have children or not, um, there's something about being near the spirit of someone that is young. Um, and take it in. May this song speak to you. This is Sight by Ryan O'Neill, Sleeping at Last. I see God in I see God in our make-believe I see God in our grand attempts To make something beautiful before life ends I see God Fragile heirlooms within children's reach And I see God in our damaged goods But you see God in ways I wish I could You see God in ways I wish I could Without instruction, without obstruction, you believe. Without container or dualistic framework, you see the Holy Ghost in see the reflection in your eyes. I see God in healing bones, in the sanctuary of our homes. I see Black or white or vivid color After a while it all runs together Our stained glass means nothing without light I see God in our damaged good But you see God in ways I wish I could Without assurance, without 
in your eyes I see the reflection in your eyes I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Ryan as much as I did. Please remember to share this episode with those you love and those you lead. And as you approach this week, take a journey through Ryan's work. Visit sleepingatlast.com, purchase his music, go to Spotify, listen, allow these melodies and lyrics to take you wherever you need to go. And as always, as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebird sing, and be loved.